So, all of us series, can you bring the, next, the slide up for us, please? Thank you. So, so far, if we can bring the slide up with the... Great. So far, we've done fathers, children, workers, wives, and husbands. And next week, um, we're praying that Pastora Clive and Sally don't get kidnapped by the Colombians, and they return to us, and you're going to have Pastora Sally talking about mums or mothers. Why are we doing these subjects? Well, we believe that the relationships in families create a, sound, a strong foundation for us to build in this nation. So, they, so there it is. Strong foundation equals strong nation. And we are those building blocks. Um, over the last week, I've been listening back through the previous sermon. So I went back to the beginning of November and listened to Pastor Clive's encouragement to, hus- to fathers. Do you know what he said to fathers? He said, fathers, you can do it. Do you know what I'm going to say to husbands this morning? Husbands, you can do it. So Alison did a great job last week. She was really fantastic. And so I've got to follow on after that great. Steve said, um, Alison set the bar really high. And I said, that's really good because I'm quite short. I'm just going to walk underneath it. (laughs) So let's read the passage that we have before us this morning. Ephesians chapter 5. It should come up in front of us. So submit to one another out of reverence for Christ Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church, without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In this way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. Let's pray. Father, we want to hear what you have to say to us this morning. We thank you for the great example of Jesus. We thank you for what we've seen this morning of people dying to an old life and rising to something new. We pray this morning that by your spirit, would we be challenged and empowered to make changes in our lives for your glory. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Brilliant. So, what are the husbands called to do? So, Here's the first thing, love your wives. Wow, what an instruction. But Paul raises the bar. So, so far what we've heard is the word submit. And Alison talked about the word honoring as well. But, but Paul raises the bar for men and he says this, just as Christ loved the church. And I'm going to pick up on that as I go through this morning. And the very last bit is to present her. So we're going to cover all of those three things this morning. Now, I kind of felt Alison made me look a little bit good last week. 
So I thought I'd give you the other side of the story. Maybe a little bit of the truth. (laughs) Something that I'm not so keen to share, but I think men need to hear this so they don't get intimidated. I was 23 years old when I was married. That was 24 years ago. Those of you who can do maths can work out how old I am now. That's good. I was quite negative. I used to come home from work every day complaining about work. I could be stubborn. And in fact, I was probably at my most stubborn when Alison asked me to do something. And I didn't know the language of affirmation. I didn't know how to get the best out of this great wife that I had. It wasn't bad, but there was definitely room for improvement. So I'm hoping by setting that, and you see anything in what I say to understand, there's been a journey. I'm not the man as married. (laughs) So here's the first phrase. Husband, love your wives as Christ loved the church. And Alison talked about the sacrificial love that Jesus had. So we've seen a cracking example this morning of what Jesus did for us. And I'm going to pick up on these two things. Christ died and Christ rose again for all of our benefits so that we could experience something greater and better. So men, I have three things to die to, and I've got four things to resurrect with a reward at the end. So what's the first one? Johnny, if you could put the slide up. Brilliant. Me, the first thing that needs to die is me. When you get married, it's me and you, and me and you, become we. I see in so many situations people living separate lives even though they're married. That is not the way God wants marriages and relationships to be. In the marriage ceremony, we talk about this, what God has joined together, let no man separate. That comes from Mark. And another verse, it says this, A man shall leave his mother and father, and the two shall become one. I had to realize that I needed to change, stop living a selfish life, a me-focused life, and learn to live and act better towards Alison. I mentioned I had a really strong work ethic, which I got from my parents and probably my grandparents. And I used to get really focused on my work. And I used to come home with my head full of work problems, work challenges, or whatever else was going on. And I've had to learn to stop. I've had to learn to stop work. I've had to learn to pause when I get home, lie in a dark room for 20 minutes, get my head emptied, and engage with my family. When I didn't do it, It caused challenges. When I did do it, I engaged with my family and most of all my wife, and it worked well. It's my best encouragement to you. If you do it, you'll succeed. 
if you don't do it, succeeding could be a little bit of a challenge. But I want to make another point here, just for men. Your wife is not your mother, Mark too. She is not there to mother you, poor diddums, little boy, stroking you. And when you're not feeling not well, a nice cup of milk. And, you know, when men get not well, they turn into this little, this little boy again. That's not what's being taught in the Bible here. It's talking about leaving something behind and creating something new, a new relationship. A new relationship implies new roles. Paul is encouraging here a partnership between husbands and wives. That in that day was a radical thing to promote. And I think even today in some places, that's actually quite a radical thing to understand husbands and wives working as partner. And that's been a journey for us to learn how to do that. Alison talked about um, the husband being the head of the, the, um, the household. And that doesn't mean as men that we can wander around as lord of the manor dictating, I want this done, do this, do that. But there's an implication that we need to step up. Men, you need to grow up. You need to stop being boys. You need to stop being childish and in childish ways. And I'm going to come on to that again in another, in another point. Do you know, for years, I shied away because Alison is very definitely the more verbally articulate, fun-loving, and noisy half of our partnership. And that caused me to step back and shy away from my responsibilities. Do you know what? Jesus didn't shy away from his responsibilities, and that's the best example that we have. Men, we need to step forward and take that responsibility. Do you know what? It's not easy when you're intimidated by somebody who um, is much better than you, but you have something to offer. God makes it a partnership. I offer things to our marriage that Alison can't do. She does things that I can't do, like crochet. Anyway... <laughs> Next one. So try to get all with the same letter. So this next one is me. And the reason I've chosen me is me is a Nintendo character. Who knows what a Nintendo me is? Before there were emojis that you could create that looked like yourself, Nintendos have these amazing characters that was there. And me represents um, um, my, an old way of life. And I think men are experts at escapism. They are experts at denying reality and immersing themselves in personal indulgences. Do I really need to list them off? Golf, tennis, squash, book reading, fact or fiction, films, fantasy worlds, TVs, computer games, extreme sports, parachuting, paragliding, over and over and over again. Men throw themselves into things. And we hear phrases like golf widow, book widow, fishing widow. Those have no place in our marriages. Men, you can still have interests in sports, but you do it with permission, not out of selfishness. So before you start thinking I'm condemning you without having been there, 
I was a little bit of a television addict when we were first married. So once I got home, there was nothing I would like better than to flick on the television and just let, actually, whatever was on, just get immersed into that. I was escaping out of the reality around me, and I wasn't communicating with the people around me either. It wasn't good for my relationships, and it wasn't good for my spiritual life. I had to choose to let it go. That makes it sound easier than it was. It was a little bit of a wrestling match and a little bit of a journey, and God had to speak to me, but I did. Was it good for me? Yes. Was it good for my relationship with Alison? Yes. Was it good for my family? Yes. Three yeses should tell you something that you need to think about. Okay, so the third thing that we need to die to, and we had fun with this one. Money. So it had to rhyme as well. Me, me, and money. Pastor Clive told us that fathers have to pay. Got some bad news, chaps. Husbands have to pay. So you're going you're gonna to have your wallet hit twice. But the Bible talks about this. Where your treasure is, there your heart is also. Pastor Clive reminded me when I was talking to him about this, that actually the appearance of your wife reflects how you are treating your wife at home. Men, can I encourage you? to invest in your wife, to adjust your budgets, to make sure that things that your wife needs are priorities. Be generous. It brings its rewards. So there are three things to die to. Now then, I don't know if you noticed on one of the slides, if you go back to the money slide, just back back one, Johnny. Back one from there. Yeah, so behind that money sign, can you see the no entry symbol? That's alluding back to something Pastor Clive talked about right at the beginning, bolting something across the tracks. Chaps, if you get this right, you can change generations in both directions. Okay, let's have a look at three things to resurrect, four things to resurrect, actually. Okay. Four things to resurrect. So I've, uh, I've taken a green light sign. So to continue Alison's theme of road signs from last week, green for go. So real is the first one. And this is about living a real relationship with God. You know, it wasn't until I got married that I realized that I could talk the talk, but walking the walk when I got home, was slightly different. I was married to a person who said, you said that, and you should be doing that. Oh, no. And at some points, cowering with fear, really, because um, I was was doing, I was saying all sorts of grandiose things about what God was doing and what I was reading. And when I got home, I had this person who was reminding me that actually I wasn't living up to what I was saying. I had to make a choice to get into the Bible for real, make it part of me. And that changed a whole lot of things for me and in my relationship with Alison. Men, I cannot encourage you to 
too much to get into the word for yourself, but make it real. Make it a part of you and what you do. Probably the most single most thing that has changed our marriage is learning to pray together. I had to get over my pride. And when Alison suggested it, had really, um, that's where my stubbornness kicked in and my pride and wasn't really keen to let that happen because I felt that I should be the one to take the lead in these things. Do you know what I had to learn? To let Alison's strengths be our strengths. Wasn't always easy. I fell asleep a few times. <clears throat> Usually my Alison was going around China, India, and on our way back to the UK. Um, and we had, some, we had some fun with that. But we've learned it's become a key strength. Wherever I am in the world, I phone and we pray together. Okay. Remember this. If you get the vision priorities right, men, or all of us, it's a key to success in your life. God, me, family, ministry, work. If only I'd learned that sooner. Okay, next point, respect. This has probably been the hardest one for me to get right. I didn't realize until I was married to Alison that I came from such negatively speaking stock. It was natural in our family to criticize people. It was natural to complain or chunter is a good Scottish word for you. Sorry about that, those who are translating. Um, <laughs> but to, to grumble about things in the, in the background, it was just part of the house that I'd come from. I'd never experienced anything else. Alison did not thrive in that environment. Didn't help her, didn't help her grow. And I've had to learn a whole new language, a language of appreciation and a language of being able to say thank you and to compliment. Am I there yet? No, but I'd like to think I'm a lot better than I was. I'm looking at the front row for a reassuring nod, which <laughs> thankfully I have achieved. So here's some of the good. Simply thanking Alison for something that was helpful or inconvenient for her to do. I took some of those things for granted. And actually, sometimes in my head, I'd be grateful for them, but I never made them connect with my mouth. And I'm learning to do that better. Cheering her on when she's doing something great. Didn't she do a great job last week? Bad. Forgetting or not thanking Alison for the meal she's prepared or acknowledging the way that she does all the things around the house that somehow my sock drawer miraculously gets filled up again and um, the wardrobe somehow gets shirts in it. I don't know how that happens. It's really weird. It's a miracle, yeah. <laughs> but I should say thank you for the big things and the small things. And I'm learning and I hope getting better. Okay. Romance, love. Paul says this, he who loves his wife loves himself. You need to love her first. Some men 
or all men, I think, love themselves. Some a little, some a lot. And as I was preparing this, I remembered a teenage me stood in front of a mirror, flexing my muscles, <laughs> telling the world how handsome and great that I looked. I really loved me as a teenager. And I've got a nasty feeling that inside, although I don't do the posturing in front of the mirror, that there was still quite a lot of loving me going on inside. Do you know what? Loving yourself and then your wife isn't the right order. Paul says, love her first, then love you. That's the right order. We've got to learn another way around. You know, I love the G12 vision. And I love Pastor Caesar. And I really love to be even just a little bit like him, except in one respect. Pastor Caesar writes poems. Not only does he write love poems, he puts them on the internet. And then Alison sees them. And she says, why don't you write poems? Oh, man, poems are just like such the hardest thing to do. I had a go at it. And um, really, it's not good enough to share with you guys um, today. But you know... But, you know, we found all sorts of things to keep romance and love going in our lives. I really love going out to eat and going out for a meal. Alison can take it or leave it. She's not really that bothered. In fact, she probably gets a little bit upset about the size of the bill, probably more than me. So what we found to be able to do for us is to every now and again go away and have a night away together. We spend time we talk, and most of all, we get to eat. And we get to do the things that we both like, that stirs up and reminds us about how much we like spending time with each other. But what you do doesn't have to cost loads of money. Just simply go for a walk. Why don't you go for a walk and maybe get some bread and some wine and some cheese and make it a picnic? You know, local spots and... um, Walks are right on our doorstep. You just have to think about these things. You know, one of my—I was telling John um, and um, Joe on uh, Wednesday night. One of the best things I ever did for Alison is I gave her twelve dates for Christmas. I made her a little book and twelve dates, and I coloured it in, did pictures. It was one of the cheapest and best presents I'd ever done for Christmas. <laughs> cost me over the next year though (laughs) but do something spontaneous and romantic so Nathan you've got something to to bring up Alison I'd like you to come here so I kind of figured if Pastor Caesar could do it I could do it Can I encourage you, chaps, don't be like the guy who bought his wife a year's worth of cleaning products and couldn't work out why she was not impressed with that gift. He had to learn that that was not the best present. And in fact, recently, I heard him talking about buying his wife some horses. Her passion in life was horses. He had to buy some horses, build a fence, he had to um, build some stables, And he did that because he knew what his wife loved. And he gave her what she liked. 
downside of that is he's got to scoop a little bit of poo up every now and again. <laughs> but there we go. But you know what? Can you try and remember what you did just before you were married, just after you were married? Resurrect some of those things. Because I can pretty sure a lot, some of those things have gone away and you don't do them anymore. I can't remember 24 years back, so I have to invent new things. But just want to encourage you to do that. So the fourth thing, revel. I found this word in the dictionary because I wanted to find a word that meant fun that started with R because Andy Charlton encouraged us that if you have points in your preach that all start with the same letter, it's clearly got God's anointing on it. So um, revel, find fun, keep fun as part of what you do. My goodness, we've had some fun. We've been on some adventures together as well. We've, you know, doing masterclass together was actually fun for us to work together. Going to the conference in Bogota as a family was a fun thing for us to do together. And coming up, well, next year's our 25th wedding anniversary. We originally planned to go to Israel. Getting married in August and Israel are apparently incompatible events. It's about 45 degrees in Israel round about August. So the travel agent encouraged us not to go to Israel. But we're going to do it. We're going to do it this year in May. In May, we're going to go and we're going to go to Israel. What we didn't do back then, we're going to do now. Have adventures. We've climbed mountains together and dragged our children with us. Actually, they ran up (laughs) and we were left behind, if I'm truthful. We used to play badminton together. We kind of had to stop it because we're quite competitive and neither of us didn't want to let the other win. Alison still maintains she wins. I still maintain I won. But the noise we made on the court often caused people to stop and stare at us. So we had to stop that. And you know what? Every now and again, there's a little bit of mischief goes on. So for a while, when Alison was brushing her teeth, I used to hide things in her side of the bed. And after a little while, that got a little bit boring. So I decided to up the ante and started to hide bigger and bigger things in the bed for Alison not to notice and find when she got in bed. The piece de resistance for me was when I hid the hoover and she didn't spot it and managed to jump into bed. Don't lose your sense of humor. Keep fun. Keep loving each other. So let's recap on the points that I've covered so far. Three things to die to and four things to resurrect. Me, me, and money. Four things to resurrect. Be real. Be real with God. Be real with your wife. Respect. Learn to compliment and encourage romance. Keep the romance in your marriage. Don't lose it. Revel. Have some fun. So this was a fun journey. But if you remember right back at the beginning, I talked that Paul had a reward. What is those rewards? You got the slide, Johnny? So Paul talks about four things that you will have if you do these things. Holy you know what? Make it easy to follow Jesus in your house. Men, a lot of that is a choice that you have to make. Clean. You'll wash her by your words. Build her up. Counter the rubbish that comes her direction with truth. 
radiant. You'll make her attractive inside as well as outside. When I saw that word, it's just the idea of radiant, something good radiating out of our wives. Without wrinkle, who doesn't want a wrinkly wife? But really, that speaks to me about somebody who's not burdened by cares or worries. Men taking the responsibilities that they should take and not leaving that on their wives. So attractive inside, attractive outside, clean and holy. What a great thing to have in our wives through the things that we do, men. Do you want to be a better husband, men? Do you know what? Start somewhere. Keep going. Don't give up. Pursue it. There's always better. There's always more. One day I may learn to write poems. But this is where the adventure begins. And I want to call us to response now. And I want really just to focus on the, on the men or the husbands um, in this room right now. And just to respond in three ways. Repent, declare, and do. So if you're a man or a husband in this room right now, I just want to encourage you to stand up and just want you just to take a little moment. If anything that I've said this morning has challenged you about your relationships or how you've conducted your relationships, just want you to take a moment between you and God just to repent. Let's pray. Father, we want to thank you that you forgive us when we do things that are not right or we don't know a better way. I want to pray for all the men and the husbands in this room right now. I pray, Father, that you'd forgive them for wrong behaviors, wrong attitudes, wrong actions, and most of all, wrong words. Father, I pray right now that you'd break those things over their lives. By the blood of Jesus, that you would change each one and help the men of this church to rise up. God, give them anointing to change, I pray, right now in the name of Jesus. Okay, let's do declare. And if you want to do this and you want these people to be witnesses, just want you to say this simple phrase, I'm going to change. Are you ready? After three. One, two, three. I'm going to change. When do you say that again? I'm going to change. One last time, like you mean it. I'm going to change. Okay, if you've got a notepad or a phone, while you're standing there, I want you to write something down that you are going to change. I do not want people to move away from this time or to, to move away from um, this time together in church without us writing down something. Can I encourage you to share that with the person that you're married to? Talk about that. Talk about how to change that. That's been one of the best things that I think I've learned how to do. Learning 
to talk? What about doing something romantic in the next week and telling your city group leader this is what you're going to do? Think about your Christmas presents, about being romantic. But I think there's a response this morning for everybody. So men, you can sit down if you want to. But as I was preparing this, I got a real sense this morning that there's been people impacted in a negative way by people who've been bad husbands, wrong husbands, people who've not responded in a right way. And I felt that I was being asked by the Holy Spirit to encourage people to be washed by the words. If you're impacted by a negative husband or a bad husband, I want to encourage you to stand up this morning. I want to pray for you. And I want to pray that God would change something in your life. If you're brave enough to stand up this morning, I would encourage you to stand up because the Holy Spirit wants to wash away the impact of those situations. It's going to reset the thinking of what marriage could be. Father, this morning I want to break wherever people have been hurt or crushed by the actions of a bad husband. I apply the blood of Jesus to break those words, to break those actions. I believe there's somebody here who has been impacted by a violent husband. And Father, I pray for special healing over that person. That you would bring healing and change in their lives right now. God, I pray that your word, your word would wash them right now and say, be healed in the name of Jesus. Be healed right now in the name of Jesus. Jesus, you're going to wash over that person. You're going to wash over that person. Yeah. Father, I want to pray. I want to pray right now that you would change all of our relationships. Help us to see things in a new light. Help us to see things in a new way and see you building the kind of marriages that build a strong foundation for our families and our church. God, I pray from this day, especially powering over men to rise up. God, I pray for that call to come forward, that you'd give men hearts of courage and hearts of boldness. And I pray this now. In the name of Jesus, amen.